Okay. <clears throat> Jeremiah prophesied through five kings for about 50 years. 31 with jo Josiah, 11 for two other ones, and three months for two other ones, which really are not mentioned in Scripture too much. So in chapter 1, verse 2, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of the reign, he came also in the days of jo Jehoiakim, the son of Joash, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Joash. Verse 4, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And I said, Alas, Lord God, this is Jeremiah talking, Behold, I do, know, do not know how to speak, because I'm just a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. For... Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. And then Jeremiah's prophecy was to these kings and to Judah, the two little tribes to the south, Benjamin and Judah. And and he uh, he these first <laughs> chapters he said were to Judah and he had a common theme. The Lord has sent the prophets, get right with him. <laughs> the Lord has sent the prophets, get right with him. And then there came a point where he said, you know, there's nothing you can do because your daddies have messed up and you're going to have to pay the penalty. And that's, that's a promise from the beginning just about. The Ten Commandments were given and we talked about that, that that uh, to honor your father and your mother but the people who love him for generations the people who hate him from generations so we've often said that we stand on shoulders from other people uh, that have gone on before us turn to chapter 13 in, uh, in Jeremiah and we see the beginning of what he was going to do. He says, I'm going to take you into exile. I'm going to punish you because of what the kings before you have done and you didn't obey. And uh, so first little hint we get is in Jeremiah 13. Let's begin reading in verse 15 of 13. Listen and give heed. Do not be haughty. For the Lord has spoken, give glory to the Lord your God before he brings darkness and before your feet stumble on the dusky mountains. And while you're hoping for light, 
he makes it uh, into deep darkness and turns it into gloom. But if you will not listen to it, my soul will sob in secret for such pride. And my eyes will bitterly weep and flow down with tears because the flock of the Lord has been taken captive. Say to the king and the queen mother, take a lowly seat for your beautiful crown has come down from your head. The cities of the Negev have been locked up and there is no one to open them. All Judah has been carried into exile, wholly carried into exile. First, first mention Jeremiah's mention about going into exile, chapter 24. <clears throat> chapter 24. You remember this, Art talked about the figs. Chapter 24, verse 1. After Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captives, uh, Jachanah, I have problems with that guy, and son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials of Judah, with the craftsmen, the smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them into Babylon. The Lord showed me, and this is Jeremiah talking, two baskets of figs. This deportion uh, being taken in the exile was probably the time that Daniel and his friends were taken also in the exile. God said he was going to do it. He did it. And this is the first deport deportation. Then, then uh, chapter 27, look at the verse uh, 11, Jeremiah says, go with them, you know, and, and live. If you fight what the Lord has ordained, the three things he always said, sword, pestilence, and famine. And he, God, God wanted them to live, but they had to obey. So in verse 11 on chapter 27, he says, But the nation which will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let remain on its land, declares the Lord. And they will till it and dwell in it. Verse 12, I spoke words like this to Zedekiah, king of Judah, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Verse 13, why will you die, you and your people, by the sword, famine, and pestilence as the Lord has spoken to the nation which will not serve the king of Babylon? Then last week, chapter 29, Jeremiah wrote a letter, and it's a culmination of the chapters before him. Um, get right with me. You haven't listened to the people that I sent you, the prophets. And he says he named several people, the prophets, the priests, and the, 
people in authority, the, the kings, he says, you know, they, they, haven't, they haven't acknowledged who I am. And he says, um, I'm going to take you in that exile. But before I'm going to take them all, you can go voluntarily and you will be blessed. And in chapter 29, Jeremiah delineates it so there's no doubt what he wants them to do. Verse 4, thus says the Lord to the host, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I, the Lord, have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce, take wives, become the fathers and sons and daughters, take wives for your sons that they give your daughters to the husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, um, and you will have welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets who are in your midst and the diviners deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams which they have dreamed, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. This is the Lord speaking. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Verse 10. Thus when the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and give my full, excuse me, and fulfill my good word to you that I will bring you back to this place. Verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you future and hope. Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places which I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place where I sent you to exile. So, the, the Lord through Jeremiah, it wasn't any secret what he was going to do. He, he told them what he was going to do. I, I um, missed a scripture um, in chapter 24, uh, 5, 25. Um, go there with me just a, a quick minute. Uh, beginning in verse 8. Chapter 25, verse 8. Therefore says the Lord of hosts, because... You have not obeyed my words, and behold, I will send and take the families and take all the families of the north, declares the Lord, and I will send them to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and he will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants and against <clears throat> the nations round about, and I will utterly destroy them and make them a horror and a hissing. Verse 10, Moreover, I will take from them the voice of joy the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, <clears throat> and the sound of the millstone, and the light, and the lamps. Verse 11, this whole land will be desolation and horror, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Verse 12, 
uh, then it will be when 70 years are completed I will punish the king of Babylon so what 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 is Jeremiah saying in in to where we are today and it's it's gonna this is kind of the culmination but it's going to continue on he says I sent Jeremiah I anointed him from birth to preach this gospel and the gospel is what Judah get right with me and yet he says there's not a lot you can do because your parents and the kings and everybody that was before you disobeyed me they disobeyed what I sent them to do and they didn't learn a lesson 150 years ago when I took the northern kingdom into captivity as Art has spoken and we've talked about Jerusalem was God's city it was God's city it is God's city the temple was there and they were proud that the temple is there and it says God's not going to do anything because the temple is here And God told them, you're putting your faith in the wrong thing, bud. Uh, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. And he chose a foreign, ungodly king to whip them. To do what he wanted them to do. And he says here, we just read it in chapter 27. He says, and after the 70 years are through, I'm going to whip Babylon. And we've talked about that. You know, even today, Babylon is no longer. It was a magnificent ancient city. And it's a sand pile in the middle of Iraq now. God, what God says is going to happen. It's just that. Now, there was an element of prophets there that were anti-God. And he says, no, you're not going to go for 70 years. That's what, that's. Jeremiah preaching it a couple of years you'll be back and what did we learn in chapter 28 the guy uh, <laughs> uh, Jeremiah says well what's what is true is what the prophet preaches that comes to bite to be and he says you're going to die this year and according to the date stamp that we have in scripture he lived two more months and that was it If we can ever get it through our thick heads that what this Bible says is true. It's the only truth. There's a statement in the scripture today that I, I laughed at. I, I'll say a little bit about it when we get there. But, but I mean, we're changing. I mean, absolutes you know a man can give birth <laughs> and scripture talks about that in just a minute I'm, I'm not sure I can understand it or tell you about it but anyway it's there like Art and I have told you you know when you get to the hard parts in scriptures these commentaries that we read skip right over it <laughs> skip right over it but we've been faithful we're, we're trying to go through verse by verse and tell you what we think the scripture says but sometimes we say hey I don't know <laughs> uh, it was a it was oh happy day I was reading uh, this week in preparation for this and uh, the I follow a, a 
Bible Knowledge Commentary. It's a group of professors out of, out of um, Dallas Theological. And he's talking here about a scripture we're going to get to. And they write here, this sequence in Jerusalem is somewhat confusion, confusing. I said, well, hallelujah. Somebody is trying to <laughs> say the thing that we've been saying a long time. Some of it's confusing. So, <clears throat> chapter 29. We talked about it last week. And we talked about this verse 11 that everybody says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It's a plan for welfare and not for calamity to give you future and, and hope. And that's true. And we said it was not written to us. It was written to the people in Judah. But it is for us. But it's not immediate. God's going to take care of us if we know him. You know, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. This has been skewed to think that, you know, everything's going to be hunky-dory and the idea is right now. That's not what Scripture says. It's kind of like Romans 8.28. All things will work together for the ultimate outcome, the ultimate good. You might have to go through heart, heartache and death and everything else, but the ultimate end is what God wants you to do. Now, all that said, we'll get to the lesson. <laughs> Verse 15 of chapter uh, 29. Because you have said the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. And that's these prophets that are there that are saying contrary to what Jeremiah is saying. For thus says the Lord concerning the king who sits on the throne in David and concerning all the people that dwell in the city. Your brothers did not go... <clears throat> did not go with you into exile. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I am sending upon them the sword, famine, and pestilence. I will make them like the split open figs that you can't eat due to the rottenness. Verse 18, I will pursue them with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, and I will make them a terror to all the kingdoms of the earth and will be a curse and uh, and an honor and a hiss, horror, excuse me, and a hissing, and all the reproach to all the nations where I've driven, because they have not listened to the words declared the Lord. That's a recurring theme and almost like a broken record. I'm doing it because you haven't, you haven't listened to me. When I sent them again and again by my servant the prophets, and you did not listen, declares the Lord. You. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles who I have sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon. And they, they have gone. Verse 21, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning Ahab. And he's going to call out a couple of names here. And I, forgive me, I don't pronounce them very well. Uh, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of, of Babylon, and he will slay them in front of your eyes. Verse 22, because of them a curse will be used, all the exiles of Judah who are in Babylon, saying, May the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab. Now that's not 
that's not the king, <clears throat> uh, who are whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire, verse 23, because they have acted foolishly in Israel <clears throat> and have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives and have spoken I have spoken words falsely in my name, which I did not command them. Uh, I am he who knows, and I am a witness, declares the Lord. Then he talks about these two guys. And this is the scripture that um, the guys in Dallas said that was confusing. Um, so I'm going to skip down to verse 28. <laughs> For he has sent us to Babylon, saying the exile will be long. Build houses, deliver them, plant gardens, and eat produce. So they're saying, verse 27 says, uh, you need to rebuke Jeremiah because he's saying this. That's not going to be it. Verse 29. The priest read the letter to Jeremiah the prophet. And then there came, there came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah. Send it to all the exiles, saying, Thus says the Lord concerning these two guys, because he has prophesied to you, although I did not send him, he has made you trust a lie. Therefore, says the Lord, behold, I'm about to punish Shemuel and this guy, and he will not have anyone living among his people, and he will not see the good that I am about to do to my people, declares the Lord, because they preach rebellion. Okay, so what is Jeremiah saying that we can take away? It matters who you listen to. It matters who you follow. It matters who you believe. If you follow Scripture, if you follow Scripture, and you listen to some of these clowns on TV and on YouTube where I camp a lot, it doesn't take you long for your ears to pick up and says, I wonder if that's true. And, and you can go back in Scripture and see. Um, what does Scripture say? That our spirit bears witness? And that we know there's, there's no, there's people that I've walked up to that I didn't, did not know. And yet my spirit bore witness with his spirit that we were both in the same family. And yet there's some, my ears pick up and I says, I need to watch. <laughs> I need to watch. Now, I've told you before, I've confessed that some of y'all are easier to love than others. <laughs> and I've, I've said it, you know, and Velter reminds me of it. She, I like people who like me. Is that different than you? But we do. We do. But when Scripture is Scripture, it is. Now, when we get in chapter 30, we're fixing to go there right quick. Things change a little bit. So let's see what happens in chapter 30. 
The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Write all these words I have spoken to you in a book. Later on, when we get in a little bit later on, um, Jeremiah, he's got a scribe, and he dictates it, and the scribe writes it down. And he had to do it twice because the king tore up the first one. But he said, write it down. He said, write it down. Verse 3, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah. Now, who did I say that he was prophesying to? He was prophesying to Judah. But now he's come back and he says, Israel. So he's talking about the complete nation at this point. He said, the days are coming when I will restore the fortune of my people, Israel and Judah. Now we can go back to Abraham. Pastor Bobby, trying to get it through our thick heads, you know, the sequence. God chose him. We don't know how. We don't know why. But he chose this group of Israelites, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And we're going to see that sometimes right quick. He talks about Jacob. He's talking about the same group of people. I, I, I told y'all that I would, grew up in a Baptist church and went to Sunday school and every, everything else. And I was in college and it was an old happy day when I finally found out, or it got through my thick head, that the Jews, the Israelites, Jacob, Abraham's seed was all the same people. And, and we need to understand that. So here he's, he's going back and he's saying, he's saying, Judah and Israel, the Lord says, I will also bring them back to the land that I gave to their forefathers to possess it. What has Pastor Bobby been saying? He gave Abraham seed, a land, and blessing. Many people, a land, and blessing. When we were going through uh, Exodus, when we went through um, Joshua, uh, they went in to get the land. That was the land God gave them. I've told you this before, you know, when Golda Meir was, uh, <clears throat> was uh, Prime Minister of Israel and George Schultz was Secretary of State, he says, it's hard to negotiate with this lady. He said, she says it's our land because God gave it to us. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to argue with, with that type of thing. And... And there never will be peace in the Middle East till Jesus comes back. That's the gospel according to Bill. But I think I'm on good ground. Okay, verse 4, back to verse chapter 30. Now these are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus says the Lord, I have heard a sound of terror, of dread. There is no peace. And this is verse 6. 
I can't explain this to you, okay? Ask now and see if a man can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in childbirth? And why have all the faces turned pale? Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it. And it is the time of Jacob's distress, but he will be saved from it. It shall come about on that day. When we were in Isaiah, we saw that a lot. On that day. On that day. Okay. Verse 8. It shall come about on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will break his yoke from off their necks and will tear off their bonds and strangers will no longer take them as slaves, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will rise up for them. God chose them. He has shepherded them through Scripture. They didn't want him to lead them. They gave him a king, and it started falling apart. He says, I'm a jealous God. I want no other gods before me. And yet, time after time after time, year after year after year, they strayed from that promise or from what God asked them to do. God still has to deal with the Jew. Jesus and John, which we just gave, we first chapters of John, he came unto his own. His own received him not, but as many as received him, he gave power to become the sons of God. And that's us. We were grafted, we were grafted in. God is going to deal with the Jews, but it's going to be in end times. Now, I'm not going to go in the end times. There was a time in my life that I was all hung up on that. I'm not hung up on it anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know the eschatology of or when the Lord's coming back or how he's coming back. We have some hints in Scripture, but we really don't know. That's my opinion. And the other part of it, it really doesn't matter. Not to us. Not to us. So in the millennium, that's what he's talking about here. When, when he comes back and he has a rule and reign, he's going to take care of his people. So well, I, I can go a little bit more. Okay, verse 8. In that day... It shall come about on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will break his yoke from off his neck and will tear off their bonds and strangers and will, off, will no longer make them slaves, but they will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, and do not be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar and your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob will return and be quiet and be at ease and no one will make him afraid. 
For I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you. For I will destroy completely all the nations where I have scattered you, only I will not destroy you completely, but I will chasten and just chasten you justly and will by no means leave you unpunished. Let me pause right there. Sin separates us from God. And we can ask forgiveness and according to John the epistle he says uh, or first John that he's going to be faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sin but the illustration's been done about taking a board and taking a nail and nailing in the board and then pull the nail out we made a sin we drove the nail in we asked forgiveness and we pulled it out but the scar is still there there is a price to pay for our sin. Now the Lord will forgive us. But he says here, and will by no means leave you unpunished. Verse 12. For thus says the Lord, your wound is incurable and your injury is serious and there is no one to plead your cause, no healing for your sore, sore no recover for you recovery for you all your lovers have forgotten you they uh, do not seek you for I have uh, wounded you with the wound of an enemy with the punishment of a cruel one because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous why do you cry out over your injury your pain is incurable because your uh, iniquity is great and your sins are numerous I have done these things to you. Therefore, all who devour you will be devoured, and all your adversaries, every one of them, will go into captivity. And those who plunder you will be plundered, and those who prey upon you I will give for prey. For I will restore you to health. I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast saying, this is Zion. No one cares for her. Verse 18. Because the Lord says, Behold, I will restore, restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob. I have compassion on the dwelling places, and the city will be rebuilt on its ruins, and the palace will stand in its rightful place. From them will proceed thanksgiving, a voice of those who celebrate, I always I will multiply them and they will be not be diminished. I will honor them and they will not be insignificant. Their children also will be as formerly and their congregation shall be established uh, before me. And I will punish all their oppressors and the leaders shall be one of them and their rulers shall come forth from their midst and I will bring them near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare to risk his life to approach me, declares the Lord. You 
shall be my people and I will be your God. Skipping down to the last verse in verse 24. In the latter days, you will understand this. Chapter 31, verse 1 should belong to this. He says, And at that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. God's going to restore them um, in his own time, in his own way. Um, he's going to restore them. Arch, you clean up my mess next week. <laughs> and we'll, 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 go, we'll go, from, go from there. We're, we're tripping on through, and, and you, you'll, see, you'll see some of the same themes that we're, we're talking about. But the main, the main thing is what we've said when we were back in Samuel, and, and it comes back, and he says, to obey is better than sacrifice. That's all God wants us to do is obey. Obey. Okay. Comments? Questions? <laughs>